0: again to Essence Place and happy Easter. We are so excited that you have joined us. I think this Easter might go down in history as the strangest experience that we have at least experienced in our lifetime. Definitely. Pastors and leaders are thrown and people don't know what to do or how to respond and I think we're all kind of just hustling uh, to make the best of it but I don't know that we need to quite Make the best of it. I mean, I think Easter doesn't need our help. Easter uh, and the the truth of Christ Jesus and his resurrection is powerful, miraculous, all on its own. In fact, I think our Western world created um, the fanfare of the modern Christian Easter and eggs falling out of helicopters. Yeah uh, Easter productions and dramas galore and big family gatherings, um,
1: the bigger, the better.
0: Yeah. You know, it hasn't always been celebrated this way. Uh, we can remember, and if we look at scripture, which we're going to today, that it was without fanfare, bells and whistles. Uh, Then just like it is for us today, even in this very unique season that we're in. So we're going to take a moment and I want us to pray together before we dive in to God's word and learn what he has for us today on this Easter resurrection morning. Can you pray with us right now? Father God, we are so thankful for the life that you have given. And God, in this unique season that we're in, Father, we are thankful, filled with gratitude, filled with worship, filled with joy. Oh, God, even in the midst of all of the uncertainty and unknown, we are filled with gratitude because you have risen and you have risen indeed. God, you are the resurrection and the life and we have hope And we have victory in your life through Christ Jesus that lives within us. Father, we pray that you would bless this time together. Bless your word, I pray. May it challenge us, oh God, in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be looking specifically at a couple of different accounts of the resurrection in John and in Matthew. But first, I want to look at Matthew's account in chapter 28. You know, I just want to kind of set the stage for you. When the ground shook and the stone was rolled away, you know, it seems that not many were actually standing there. There was not this big crowd. It was simply Mary Magdalene, um, the other Mary, an angel or two, and a few guards. That was it. Again, without fanfare. So after the Sabbath, um, this is reading in the account of Matthew, it says, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. The ladies run away and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there is Jesus standing right in front of them. He appears suddenly, scripture says, in their path. It's like a Oh, by the way, here I am, subtle and without a big to-do, because that is just him, always. Simple and quiet. They could have easily missed him. And in fact, they did in a way. The women hurry away from the tomb. They're afraid, and yet they're filled with joy as they realize the resurrected Savior that is standing in front of them. And they go and run and tell his disciples, suddenly, Jesus meets them, suddenly, suddenly. Matthew is the only account of the, of um, telling it in a way where it says the earth was shaking. The rest of the gospel accounts simply say that they looked up and the stone was rolled away. I think we can understand from all of the accounts that his act or the act of his resurrection was not quite the focus completely. The gospel accounts actually focus on his interactions after he was resurrected, um, after that it occurred. They focus on Jesus' words uh, before he ascends, not the resurrection moment itself. Jesus rises from the dead and he immediately, rather than basking in all the glory of the resurrection, he immediately gets down to business which is the people, his teaching, and his purpose. You know, many did not believe that he had risen. They, most of them doubted. And if they were look at, looking for trumpets, trumpets blowing or earthquake, earthquake shaking and shouts in a big party, it actually wasn't happening that way. It didn't happen that way. And so I'm not exactly sure what they were looking for. I'm not certain what they were hoping would occur. Um, It didn't seem to matter how much had been prophesied or how much Jesus had spoken about this very moment. They still almost missed it. Uh, And I think it's because it didn't happen the way that they thought. Uh, Maybe it's because they were focused on other things. Uh, Maybe they had already forgotten. Again, maybe they were expecting a big to-do. Maybe they were focused on their grief still. I really don't know, but they almost missed it. I think we've been learning from the encounters with Jesus in Scripture through the Holy Week that Jesus does not come in the way that we would expect. Jesus does not come in all the big to-do. Jesus is actually always coming in a sort of upside-down way. And I think we can learn one more time in his, the encounter that they had with him at the resurrection and the encounters that we're having with him even now in this unique season that Jesus is working and moving in a unique and special way and we have to pay attention or else we might miss it.
1: So, if you have a place where you're taking notes, uh, this is a great time to start writing down some notes because we want to take you through um, a look again at the resurrection moment and and those moments right after to experience our encounter with Jesus in the resurrection, what we can learn from this story and see how it applies to us today. So, if you're taking notes, um, number one, write this down. Encountering Jesus in his resurrection, number one, we have to recognize that uh, we don't want to let the darkness hide the miraculous. Don't let the darkness hide the miraculous. Don't let, it, don't let it overcome the miracle. If we look in John's account uh, that early morning when Jesus was resurrected, the very first thing he tells us in John chapter 20, verse number one, it says, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now, what's so important here? is before he even tells us that the tomb is empty before he even tells us that jesus is resurrected he says this early on sunday morning while it was still dark so like pastor Kristen has been saying it wasn't you know bright sun shining trumpets fanfare like all of it it was actually in this moment still of darkness mary approaching the tomb wasn't coming to the tomb to to experience Jesus' resurrection, she was actually coming with um, other women coming with her, as some of the gospels say, to care for Jesus' body. She was fully expecting that Jesus was still dead. His body would be found there. And then what it tells us is that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. And as she sees that the tomb is empty, her first thought isn't that oh, a miracle has happened. Her actual first thought is it's worse than we thought. We see a little bit later, uh, in, or as we see in verse number two, that she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. That's kind of John's subtle way of referring to himself. But he's, he says um, that she says to them, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and and we don't know where they've put him. So again, it's this place where she thinks that not only in the pain and the loss that we've experienced in Jesus' death, now we've got an extra level of pain and loss. Somebody has stolen his body, grave robbers. Maybe it was the religious leaders. Maybe it was the, the Roman leaders. Maybe somebody, somebody has actually taken Jesus' body and stolen it. So in, the, in this way, it's almost like she's missing the fact that the miracle has already happened. Think about it. When did the miracle of Jesus' resurrection happen? It wasn't when they first saw Jesus and they encountered the resurrected Jesus. The miracle, the greatest miracle we've ever known, the risen Savior, Jesus, happened in darkness. It happened without witnesses. It had already occurred, and now they were encountering the the ripple effect of the miracle of Jesus' resurrection. And so it kind of brings us to this place where we start to think about, you know, when did that miracle actually occur? Well, the miracle was occurring when his earthly body, his heart started to beat again. And in some ways, we could actually back up and see the miracle of Jesus' resurrection was happening at the moment of his birth. When God became human, the incarnation became one of us, we were learning all along the way that God is with us. And so the miracle of resurrection really isn't just the fact that they encountered the risen Savior after the fact, once the sun had already risen, but it was in the darkness that they encountered the miracle of Jesus. And then furthermore, they had been encountering the miracle of God with us from the very point of Jesus' birth.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good. I think also what's happening here is if you can think about the confusion that had been present, I often think about that Saturday between Friday and Sunday Mm -hmm. and that they're resting in this, this space of confusion. And I think there was already still confusion happening, even as they watched. Uh, Christ Jesus die on the cross that there was still a sense of I feel like something is happening here I know the prophecies I believe them to be true but this is not the way that we thought it would look like and I'm still really confused about what's happening so then if you can just picture Mary there at the tomb there's confusion that that is in place in, within Mary and the others that are standing there um, to of course they didn't expect you know Jesus they actually didn't know what to expect so I think that's just such an interesting note but it's this um, understanding that, that God is with us, the power, of the, re- the power of the resurrection is the power of death, the power of life, um, the fact that they are inseparable, but they also commingle, mingle and, and it's difficult to wrap our minds around that. And, and yet at the same time, we have to come to a point where we allow ourselves to differentiate From the confusion and from the grief and from the pain to be able to see the the miracle of Christ that is happening in front of us every single moment here and now, not just then, but here and now, even in the midst of the darkness that we may be in in this present season, the miracle of Christ is perpetually happening over and over again. In John chapter 20 verses 30 through 31, it says the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Jesus was constantly working miracles, not so people would believe that he was the Son of God, but it was because it was his nature. So even in these moments, in our time now, Jesus is working miracles. He is working miracles in your life. He is working miracles in my life, and he is working miracles in this world more than we could ever fathom. The Bible says he does does immeasurably more than we could imagine or think and so right now in these moments he is working in the miraculous may we not allow the darkness that is present still yes may we not allow it though to hide what he is doing and how he is working in our life
1: this is what's so powerful about this is that the darkness of that early Sunday morning, didn't hide the fact that the miracle of Jesus had happened, Mm -hmm. that Jesus' resurrection had happened. It it was already on full display, but it was as the sun was rising, they were beginning to encounter it. And so, you know, first we need to recognize that we don't want to let the darkness hide Mm -hmm. the miraculous that's happening in our life, that's happening in our world. But secondly, part of what had to happen though is, and this is point number two, they had to show up for the miraculous so jesus resurrection had occurred but for us to even be able to read this gospel and to know these stories somebody had to show up at the tomb to recognize that the tomb was empty Mm -hmm. so you know mary shows up she sees an empty tomb she runs and she goes and she gets peter she gets john they race for the tomb and the gospel tells us um, again in john chapter 20 starting in verse number eight Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first, also went in and he saw and believed. And then verse number nine, it tells us, for until they, for until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that had said Jesus must rise from the dead.
0: So when they showed up all of a sudden, things started into place. it's
1: like all of a sudden they see the <laughs> yeah. they see the empty tomb they see the grave clothes they can put their hands on it and then it's like all of a sudden all of it starts to fall into place it makes me think of like when you're watching a movie and a character all of a sudden has like this flashback moment and all these moments start coming together and they start realizing how everything has converged to this moment and so it's so powerful because we realize that if they had just like like for Peter and John if they had just kind of held Mary off and gone oh no no, no it couldn't be or it couldn't be that and they hadn't actually moved, they hadn't actually run to the tomb, then they wouldn't have had this moment of having all these pieces start to fall into place. And think about it again. They still have not seen the resurrected Savior. They still have not seen Jesus. All they've seen is the evidence of a miracle. But because they showed up, they're starting to experience the full power of that miracle.
0: Yeah. That's good. Um, I think human perspective is limited. It's this like curse of our humanity that the, and even with the followers of Jesus, they had heard him teach, knew the ancient scriptures, yet they still struggled with the reality of Jesus resurrection. And so it's a, it's that question of could it be that things were still not going the way that they expected. So the doubt was increasing mm-hmm. rather than the, cer- the certainty. And I know throughout this sermon series, we've talked so much about this idea of Jesus defying expectation and, and having, you know, being cautious of the expectations that we have of Christ. And I don't don't think that we can repeat it enough or say it enough. I think that it's so important imperative um, because I think we need to allow ourselves to have the patience to, to recognize like our limited understanding um, our questions and our desire, our desire for things to look and feel a certain way. It's just, that is in our human nature and there is going to be this um, sense of, of confusion, this sense of uncertainty throughout our entire life of following Christ, where we cannot fully wrap our minds around, the mystery of the divine. And yet there comes a point um, regularly we we have to come to a place of surrender, you know, um even just on Good Friday, like sitting and considering the fact that, you know, just the idea of lingering, I talked about that on, on my social media, but the idea of lingering at the cross, it's like when we linger at the cross and when we consider the Bible says, consider him who, who endured such pain and, and such shame and took our shame upon him. When we stop and we really consider the power of Jesus' death and the power of Jesus' re- resurrection, there does come a point where we, we kind of start to release those questions and start to release the expectations and start to just allow ourselves to accept the mystery and, and then be living in victory and living um, with life in him the right. way that he offers it.
1: Well, and we see a perfect example of this again for Mary, because Peter and John go back to the mm-hmm. tomb, but then Mary goes along with them. And John tells us in the gospel that, you know, Peter and John are having this kind of encounter, this revelation inside the tomb. But outside the tomb. It says in verse number 11, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and wept as she looks in. So she's still in a place of just the deep sorrow, the deep loss. And then she's turning to leave. And even as she turns to leave from the tomb, she encounters Jesus, but she doesn't recognize Jesus as Jesus yet. She thinks he's just the gardener. And so she's asking him, like, did you do something with Jesus? Just give it back to us and and everything will be okay. Like she still hasn't recognized the miracles happen. And I, in reading through this and preparing for Easter Sunday, one of the questions I ask myself is, why would the gospel writer allow this to to be in the account that he writes of Jesus' resurrection? Like tell this about Mary, because in one sense, it almost kind of puts Mary in a bad light. Like she didn't have enough faith. But I think part of the reason why it's left in there is because we're just like Mary. We can be in that place where the miracle has occurred. We've, we've shown up and, and we're seeing the evidence of the miracle, but there's still a place because of the depth of our sorrow, the depth of our, our own brokenness, like we talked about on Good Friday and, and the brokenness of Christ's body and, and, and the connection with that. We come to this place of not even being able to fully recognize all that God was doing. And so it's not in this place of like the gospel writer doesn't include it to make Mary look bad, but I think the gospel writer includes it for us to have a place of identifying in this story, our own place of, of connecting with them, miraculous of what Jesus is doing. There are so many examples that we see throughout the, the gospels mm-hmm. where um, there's these, these occurrences where people have encountered the miraculous and then there's a response to it.
0: Yeah. I think it's not—it's not just a matter of showing up for the miraculous. I mean, we may show up physically. Again, we talked about this a little bit in, in Palm Sunday, of like, or even last week, of how how are we engaging with Christ? Are we actually becoming? Um, are we moving from observer to participant in right. in this story, a Jesus story, you know, and the Jesus story that we're supposed to be uh, giving to the world? And so, it's not just an idea of showing up for the miraculous, but it's the idea of we're not just showing up physically, but we are, we're showing up with our entire selves, right. that we are showing up um, mind, body, spirit, and soul, that we are, are saying, again, yes, God, I'm, I'm moving from observer to participant. And that might mean that we allow, we have to allow ourselves to rest in the questions. I just, I keep yeah. coming back to that, that concept over and over again in this Easter season that we actually have the ability to still move forward in faith, walk forward with Jesus in faith while still holding some questions that may never be answered on this side of eternity. And so showing up for the miraculous is, you know, if you consider the people that were there, you know, I'm sure they still had questions in their mind, but because they had encountered Christ at the resurrection, because they had seen his face, because they had, had touched and, and saw him and spoke with them, they were moved to a point of, of going and telling the story of Jesus. We see that um, with the woman at the well. The woman at the well where Jesus, you know, he, she encounters him. He changes her life forever and she goes and tells others of what has happened to her. You see um, that with, like Brad said, it's so many gospels. We don't have time to go through all of those accounts, but it's that realization. There were people that showed up for Jesus and showed up to see the miraculous, but they didn't actually take it with them and it didn't change their life.
1: Right, and that's where it becomes so important that, number one, we don't let the darkness hide the miracle, miss the fact the miracle has happened, but then secondly, it's it's a showing up to experience the miracle, but that's not where it stops, because once we've we've shown up to experience the, the miraculous of, the, of what has happened, of Jesus' resurrection and the power of that, it moves us to this third point where we then have a responsibility to declare the miraculous. Yeah. We have a responsibility to take this message and become carriers of it because it transforms us and that then we have been sent by Jesus to tell the story to others. We see this a little later in John chapter 20, where Jesus, he shows up for his disciples in kind of an unexpected way. They're meeting behind closed doors. They're, they're trying to figure out, okay, where do we go next? How do we take this message? And suddenly, the scripture tells us, suddenly Jesus appears in their midst. So they're having a, a meeting and Jesus shows up unannounced. And what does he speak to them? Number one, he says, peace be with you. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds on his hands and his side. This reminder, even to Thomas, he would talk about doubting Thomas, but he says, it's me. I am here. He says, peace be with you. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And then scripture tells us this. He says to them, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am also sending you.
0: Yeah, it's not enough to know Christ's love. You know, we've talked about that at Essence Place. We talked about that even recently. In the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality series that we had um, a while back, that it's not enough to know Christ's love, that we have to receive Christ's love, that we have to immerse ourselves in it. And then it's not enough to just receive Christ's love, we have to be willing to then actually share the love that has been given to us. That Jesus makes it so clear that His purpose and His mission was not um, to hold the love of the Father for Himself, but it was to it, express the love of the Father and send it out into the world, so that the world could then send themselves out with the love of Jesus. So the disciples were commissioned. Mary was sent. The woman at the well was sent. The paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda, when he encountered Jesus and Jesus said, take up your mat and walk, he was sent to go and tell. Again, so many um, gospel accounts where we see people encounter Jesus, they encountered the miracles of Jesus, and then the love of Jesus, the life-changing power and love, the living water where we'll never thirst again, and then they were sent out you see we can have we have a choice to make we have a choice to make we can either self-protect and we can withdraw Um, the more likely And if we do that, the more likely that we will get stuck in our doubt and our questions. And we are in a season right now. And this is making this kind of these themes that we see. um, In some ways, I told Brad, I'm like, well, I feel like a lot of what we're talking about in this Easter season feels a little repetitive. (laughs) Like we're kind of saying the same things over and over again in some different ways and different accounts in, in the gospel accounts. But that is that's the story of Jesus. When you really dive into the story of Jesus and and follow the steps that he walked, it's, it is actually kind of simple yet complex. Mm -hmm. um, And, but we overcomplicate it, you know, uh, we can overcomplicate something that is complex, you know? And so I think we have to sense the simplicity in this, but the, the realization is that we can be right now in this season of darkness, and you know, I've talked about it, um, that it's important that we are grieving, It's it, that we allow ourselves to lament, that we allow ourselves to grieve. It's important that we allow ourselves to ask the questions, to, to rest in the, atten- the tension of the uncertainty. But we have to be careful in that, that what we don't do, though, in those questions and that doubt and that, you know, grief is that we, we cannot allow ourselves to withdraw And we cannot allow ourselves to to self-protect because the thing is, is I can tell you from personal experience, and this is not what, and it's not what Jesus called us to do, that the more that we withdraw and the more that we self-protect, the more that we are going to remain in the midst of the doubt in the midst of the fear, in the midst of the questions. And I, and I will say this. I understand, again, there are, times our, there are times and seasons where we have to withdraw. Jesus withdrew from the crowd. So there are times right. where we have to withdraw for rest and, and, and retreat with Jesus. So that's not what I'm talking about. Um, but So again, don't hear me wrong there. But it's that idea that we have to be willing to share and express that love to the world. Well,
1: and that's where you hear, and I've seen it so much more on social media in the last few days, where people are turning to this place of recognizing of uh, an ability to be able to cope and get through the current crisis of what we're experiencing is expressing gratitude, mm-hmm. right? Just taking inventory and, and recognizing the places that you are grateful for, the things that you are um, showing appreciation for, because in that it's empowering. It gives you strength because you recognize, okay, it's not all bad. It's not not everything has fallen apart, mm-hmm. and so you you shift to this place of recognizing gratitude and in one sense, we can recognize how that's directly connected to God's work in our life of living from a place of gratitude where we may have pain, we may have heartache, we may have experienced difficulty and brokenness, but it's not all bad. It's not all heartache. It's not all brokenness. And so there's this shift that starts to happen where if we can move to a place of actually being empowered from the work that God is doing in our life. And that's why it's so important for us to declare the miracles of God. Mm -hmm. It's not this just, you know, speak it as though, you know, like name it and claim it, but it's actually living from a place of there is an authority that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. When we go, God is faithful to me. I do see God working in my life. I see what Jesus has done for me as we declare the the resurrection of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. And that is an empowerment that that gives us to be able to live. It helps us to kind of write our perspective and to see things through a God lens.
0: Yeah. It helps us to become others aware. We've talked about that essence place of what that means to be, to be others aware. So it's this realization that when we encounter the living Savior, um, Jesus Christ, and we experience his immense amount of love for us, that we should come to a place where we are automatically moving into a place of being not just self-aware, but being others aware. You know, Jesus does invite us into this experience of the agony of his death and, and somber reflection, and, and we've moved within that uh, through the last week and Holy Week. Um, through the cross of Jesus Christ, um, God planning a way of escape and, and planning this, this path to freedom. Um, but I think of, I think of the, the disciple Thomas, we've talked about him a little bit, but I think of the, the disciple of Thomas where he stood in front of Jesus and he, and he didn't recognize Jesus or he wasn't sure, he didn't believe in Jesus. And Jesus says, why do you doubt? But uh, Thomas demands to, to touch the scars and his hands and his feet. And so kind of, I guess what I, what I think about in that is that um, if I am going to want to desire to Experience the, the pain. How do I say this? Everything that I choose to surrender will be nailed to the cross. And everything, if I'm willing to, you know, we talk about, again, being in that place of pain and allowing ourselves to experience that. But if I'm going to be willing to to be in that place of pain and willing to be like Thomas says, you know, I want to touch the the. I want to see your hands. I want to see the feet. Prove yourself to me. You know, Jesus is going to go there with us. That's what I'm, this is kind of what I'm getting at. Jesus is going to go there with us, but it's going to require us to to take the next step. It's going to require us to then die to our self-centeredness. We can't stay like like doubting Thomas. We can't stay there just touching touching the nails in his hands and just, you know, kind of saying, wow, like, you know, you suffered the way I suffered and, and, and that makes me feel better and that, right. that makes me feel good and I'm thankful that I have a Christ that identifies with my pain and suffering. What is going to then happen is that if we in truly encounter the resurrected Jesus, then, we ha- then we're going to come to a place where um, Paul says it in Philippians chapter 3. He says, I want to know Christ. So I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. So I want to experience the resurrected right. power. But that also means I want to suffer with him. And if I want to suffer with him, I'm going to share in his death. And if I'm going to share in his death, then I'm going to be sent out in- to go and tell of who he is. And I think that's where... We can get in this place of, of being, at least I know again from my experience, that you can get in this place of being stuck a little bit, where, you know, you kind of sit with the, the suffering of Christ, but you're not moving forward yet to actually being commissioned by Christ right. to go into the world and to share the love of Christ.
1: And this is what's so empowering about this, this moment that Mary has with Jesus at the tomb. Because again, she's still, it's... Darkness. She's trying to figure out the miracle has happened. What is happening? She's wondering, what did you do with his body? She's asking. She's literally asking Jesus, did you do something with his body? It's almost kind of ironic the way it's written. It's it's beautiful yeah. um, writing, and so he's. She's asking him, did you do something with yeah. our Lord's body? And he responds back. And what does he do? He calls her by name.
0: Yeah.
1: And that is the moment when her eyes are opened, and she says, "Rabbi." She calls him uh, teacher. She realizes you are Christ Jesus. You are the resurrected Jesus. And then she kind of, like you're saying, she grabs a hold of him and he goes, no, no, wait, you can't hold on to me. My time has not yet come. I still have work to do. And so, but there's this moment where it's like in, in him speaking her name, he's restoring her humanity. In, in her connecting with the miracle of resurrect, the resurrected Jesus, it's like restoring life to her body. Can you imagine what that would have felt like? The shift in that, that moment of her going from grief, loss, like his body's gone, our mm-hmm. our Lord, the one that we were following, he's dead. Like this is just all falling apart to then he is standing in front of her. And not only does he say, Oh, I'm here. Mm-hmm. He speaks her name.
0: Yeah.
1: He speaks her name. Our name is so important, so special to us. And for him to speak her mm-hmm. name, Mary, it's this place I think of restoring her of, of almost like putting life back into her body and, and giving her strength, because then what does she do? The next thing she does, she goes and she starts telling the message of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. She goes back to the other disciples. She, i I have a feeling any person she encountered, she's saying, Stand still for 30 seconds. I got something I have to tell you. And she begins to declare the work of Jesus Christ. And it all happened in a moment when he saw her and he was was with her. Even she couldn't recognize him. And he spoke her name. Just like I believe Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is calling your name today. It's calling my name. It's calling us close of saying, hey, Mm -hmm. step out of the darkness. Step out of the confusion. I am alive. I am with you. Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, is with you, and he yeah. is speaking your name.
0: Yeah. I think in just reflecting over everything that we've talked about in the Easter season, what we see over and over again is balance. Jesus calls us, this life with Christ calls us to a place of balance. And it's it's a balance in um again, a balance in the mystery of, of the divine, a balance in our emotions. It's a balance in, you know, our relationship. It's a balance. It's just a balance in all of it. And so it's this realization that, um, Yes, we're gonna have expectations of Jesus that he may not fulfill in the way that we want. And yes, we we're probably gonna have some questions that never get answered. And we might be in places of confusion at time, and we might be in, in places of darkness, um, and yet it's the realization that we are still perpetually uh, experiencing the miracles of Christ Jesus over and over and over again. And can we come to a place in our growing, our growing in faith and our maturity in faith where we we continue to learn how to hold the pain and the sorrow and the joy and the victory in right. both hands and, and, right. and be able to experience the life of Christ. Because it's in the being able to hold both together that we are actually able to then take the message take the miraculous that we've experienced, take these encounters that we have had and and be the revelation of Christ to the world because isn't that what Christ prayed to the Father that we would be, that the people, on earth, humanity would be the revelation and the expression of Christ to the world. Again, a love that we don't just keep for ourselves, but a love that we share with every person around us, even in the midst, again, of our brokenness and our humanity and our failures and our mess ups. But we're expressing that love because we are experiencing the love of Christ every single day.
1: And this is what's so amazing is sometimes in our our humanity, we want it to be either this or that. But it's actually in Christ we experience both, the the both and, the together. Jesus was no less victorious before the cross than he was after the resurrection. He was still the same victorious God Mm -hmm. in human form before and after the resurrection. And so there's this place where sometimes we want to live in the glory of Easter Sunday morning. You know, he is resurrected. He is risen indeed, you know, and we want to live in that place. And we think to be able to embrace that, it means that we can't acknowledge any of the rest. Yeah. But it's actually, we see that Christ is victorious over all. Mm-hmm. That Christ was restoring every single moment he was encountering people, every single mm-hmm. moment that he was teaching. He was bringing the dead back to life over and over again. We see it, see it with Lazarus. We see it with when he would touch a person who was sick, who was um, others that he raised back to life, the ones who were dead, people who were bound in their own sinfulness. We see it even when he would spend time with tax collectors and prostitutes and the outcasts. He was constantly bringing the dead back to life because this is what Jesus does. So when we encounter the resurrection of Jesus, what we're encountering is this, this kind of commingling, not either or, but it's actually the power of our risen Savior that can invade every single moment of our life. I think this is the power of why Paul writes in uh, Romans chapter 8 that there's nobody that can accuse us. There's nobody that can separate us from the love of God. There's nothing, nobody can condemn us because Christ has given himself so fully on our behalf that we stand empowered and redeemed. Mm-hmm. So it's the darkness doesn't negate the miracle. It's yeah. it's the fact that like when we actually show up for the miracle, we realize it is happening. God's that's unfolding in our life and when we're willing to embrace the fact that we need to have not just gratitude for ourselves for what Jesus has done for me, but realize that what we've encountered of God's work in our life then becomes the message that we share through every part of our life. And so Paul writes this in Romans chapter eight. And I want to read this for us before we close this morning, because I think it's so important. And he says, I am convinced. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. And he's talking about this, all that was within Christ Jesus. And then in verse 39, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That has been our prayer for you and been our prayer for our Essence Place community daily as we walk through this Holy Week, that you will be able to encounter the love of Christ Jesus that helps you recognize that nothing on this earth, nothing on this earth will be able to separate you from the love of Christ Jesus. And so we come to a point of recognizing that sometimes that encounter with Jesus, this transforming moment that happens in our life, sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it's immediate and it happens, you know, it's a whole new life and it's just, you know, I was this and now I'm that and it just happens miraculously. But so many other times, I feel like sometimes the majority of times Mm -hmm. that that process of the revelation of who Jesus is and the work of God in our life is slow and it's slowly unfolding and it's slowly transforming us. And the, the power of what Jesus has done is that whether it's quick or whether it's slow, it's no less true. The darkness doesn't hide the miracle. And so we show up and we encounter the power of our resurrected Jesus Christ. And we embrace our responsibility in in sharing that with others. Even though the story may not be done for us, Mm -hmm. the work may not be complete in us. We're still willing to show up and share that with others. So so here's what I'd like to extend to to you this morning. Um, I recognize that it's Easter Sunday and and maybe for some of you... um, being part of church is not something that you do uh, very often. It's not a regular routine in your life, but you know it's Easter Sunday and you've found us online. And I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Even if you're not part of our regular Essence Place community and, and this dynamic of of being at church, but being at church in your home and watching through a screen is, is very different. Um, I still want to invite you into a place of praying with us this morning. I believe the power of prayer is, is um, so important in our lives. And so this morning, you may be a person who says, I I haven't encountered the the revelation, this this resurrection of Jesus Christ in my own life. But as you're talking about it, there's something that I feel inside me. I feel like God's speaking to me, or I feel like just the that God is pulling me close and God speaking to me. And I believe that that's the work of the Holy Spirit speaking to you now and inviting you into the miracle of Jesus' resurrection. And so I want to pray a prayer for you this morning, especially if you have never been walking with Jesus before, and now you're in a place of saying, I want to follow Jesus with my whole life. Um, I'm going to pray a prayer for you in just a moment you'll see on your screen, there's a a button that you can click that says, ask for prayer, or I would like prayer. Um, and I want to encourage you to push that button now. um, and we'll be able to pray with you through the chat window, um, and have a a conversation and pray with you, um, through the power of the internet this morning. But, um, for all of us, I recognize that there is a place for us to enter more deeply into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask, um, for every person watching this video, let's, let's pause for a moment now. And as I pray, um, can you open your heart once again to the work of God in your life and to embrace the miraculous nature of Jesus' resurrection? Let's pray together now. God, we celebrate the work of Jesus Christ, death and resurrection on this Easter Sunday. God, it's to too deep, too wide for our minds to ever be able to, to fully comprehend the power of your work in this world and just what that moment in history means mm-hmm. for us today. And yet, I believe by the power of your Holy Spirit, you give us glimpses of, of understanding the depth of who you are, the depth of your love, like Paul writes about, of coming to that place of saying, I am convinced yeah. nothing on this earth can separate us from the love of God. And so. Jesus, this morning, would you invade our hearts and our lives once again?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. For those of us who have never made a commitment to, to following you, Jesus, and we recognize now is the time to make a decision to follow you, I pray, Jesus, that you would fully embrace each and every one. Jesus, we admit that there are so many ways we live our lives of just living for ourselves, living on our own, trying to meet our own needs and doing it ourselves. And, and in so many ways, Um, that moves us into places where we harm ourselves, we harm others, where we separate ourselves from you. And the Bible calls that sin. Anything that keeps us from being able to fully experience your love and, and fully follow you, it separates us from you. And so, God, today we confess that we have sinned and that we need you. We're in need of a Savior. Jesus, I pray that you would move us to a place through the power of your resurrection, through the power of your life, to experience the fullness of life in you. That miracle that was done through the cross, through the empty grave, and through your resurrection. I pray, Jesus, that as we move from darkness into light today, that you would help us to experience the fullness of you Christ Jesus, the one who was fully man and fully God, we put our faith in you and in nowhere else. And today on this Easter Sunday, I pray for each and every person who is watching this today, that you would move in our hearts, Mm -hmm. that you would empower us for living for you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would help us to embrace that both and nature of who you are. That you're, you're a God who is bringing the dead back to life. You're a God who is in the broken moments. You're a God who is in the darkness bringing hope. And that you would help us to see our own story, our own lives in that same way of recognizing the places where you are working, where the miracles are happening. And then yes. out of those places, we would be empowered by your Holy Spirit to declare a message that says, God is with us. Yeah. I have hope today, not just in my best self or who I might be, but I have hope today because I follow Jesus Christ and I know what God is doing in my life and what God can do for you. I pray, God, that you would challenge us in ways on this Easter Sunday and the days that follow to share that same message of hope with others around us. Mm -hmm. God, would you right now lay a person on our mind and our heart that we need to send a text message to or or a Facebook message to to give an encouragement, a reminder that you are with us, Mm -hmm. that there is hope found in Jesus Christ. Would you empower us to live for you in all aspects of our life and realizing, God, that you are the hope of the world. We thank you, Christ Jesus, for the power of your resurrection. We embrace it today. We thank you that life is found in you. Mm -hmm. We pray all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.